Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Warning, The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Black and Latino males age, let's say, 16 to 25 that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they, what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, man, the past is a you-know-what. It catches up with all of us. Did you hear what Bloomberg said about blacks and Latino males, 16 to 25? Can we hear it again? Because I think most people didn't hear it. They were shocked when they heard it. But listen to this. you got to hear it again. Black and Latino males aged, let's say, 16 to 25 that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they, what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace. Mm-mm. Well, that should go for real well with the left wing tomorrow night when they have their little, uh, what do they have tomorrow night, a little debate? Oh, that should be, that should be hilarious. The funny part is that if Bloomberg ran on some of the things he was saying back in the day and actually said them today, he might actually be Trump. He would probably shave off 20 percent of the Trump uh, voters by doing so. But he'd probably lose, what, 50 percent of the Democrats. Who knows what they would do? I have another question for you, and it's a sensitive question. And I admit it. I'm not trying to be a wise guy. I'm not trying to pull your chain. But um, Bernie Sanders is a, a communist, a lifetime communist. And he denied he was Jewish in the beginning. He said he has no religious identity. He said, although he was born Jewish, he isn't Jewish. That was his official position for all the years he was running as a communist. And the Jews like that that I knew in New York spit on their own Bible. They mock the men in black. They mock religion. They mock the Ten Commandments. They say that uh, Karl Marx was right when he said that religion is the opiate of the masses. And now all of a sudden, you won't believe this. All of a sudden, Bernie Sanders, the the jaded, cynical communist, discovers he's Jewish, and he hires a guy to be a Jewish outreach director. And this Jewish outreach outreach director, Joel Rubin, never heard of him, all of a sudden is declaring Bernie's a proud Jew. Listen to clip five if you want to hear cynicism. I am very proud to be Jewish and look forward to being the first Jewish president in this country. Yeah, sure, right. Listen to this. It's now. a tremendous honor to be joining Bernie's campaign as his Jewish outreach director. And right. I believe that Bernie is the right person to be our president right now at this time because his values are intrinsically Jewish values. The value of tikkun olam, of healing the world, that is what Bernie stands for. That's what I stand the, these for. Are, these are the left wing socialist Jews. Shut up. For. Shut up, boy. Shut up, boy. Shut up. I know these types. I know this type. They are the types that pollute synagogues with their communism. They're the types that drove children out of the synagogues with their lies. You have no idea what I know about this type. And to say that Bernie Sanders represents the values of Judaism as a communist is so dangerous for Jewish people in the world right now that only a person who is disconnected from reality could say a thing like this. And then he goes on and adds further uh, to alienate white men. Something you have to understand about Bernie, not only is he Jewish, which he now suddenly discovered works for him, he thinks. Not only is he a communist while denying it and saying he's some kind of socialist, but he has a, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to put it to you other than in a direct manner. And as you know, Savage tends to speak directly to his audience. It's very difficult for me to mince words. There is a thing amongst certain Jews with a fear or a a hatred for white people behind the scenes that a certain type uses the word goyim and goy, 
It's a derogatory word. It's like the word black, uh, cracker that some, let us say, uneducated blacks would use to use the word cracker about white people. But even worse, it's something along the lines of howly that the Hawaiians would use with derision about white people behind their backs. Like there goes or that howly says this. Or the Mexicans use the word gringo all the time. A derogatory phrase, gringo, gringa. It's certainly not a salutary comment about white people or Americans who are not of Mexican descent. When they want to talk about white people behind their backs, they call them gringos or gringas. Is there a Mexican listening in the audience who could tell me what the word actually means and what it derives from? If not, I'll tell you what it derives from. But the Jewish people, like Bernie Sanders, who are racist at their core and fear white people or hate white people, have a word called goyim or goy. It's a horrible word. It's made my skin crawl ever since I was a child. It's what made me run from New York as this type. And now what I'm about to play for you is the antique Jewish communist Bernie Sanders in clip six. You judge for yourself. If there is any people on earth who understands the danger of racism and white nationalism, Here we go. it is certainly the Jewish people. Oh, God. And if there is any oh God. people on earth who should do everything humanly possible to fight against Trump's effort to try to divide us up by the color of our skin or our language oh, or let's religion. Let's stop right here. I want you to listen to what this evil degenerate is saying. Listen to what this evil degenerate communist is saying. If there's any people on earth who should do everything humanly possible to fight against Trump's effort to divide us up by the color of our skin, this is why he's attacking white people. While he is using the color of the skin of white people to denigrate the white race, which, by the way, it was the white race that opened up the doors of the concentration camps. It was Eddie who kicked in the doors of Auschwitz. It was Eddie who landed on the beaches of Norway. It was Eddie who fought white racism. And to have a man like this come along and so denigrate white people like this when it was Eddie who saved the Jews from the concentration camps is not only sickening, but it's deadly dangerous. It's deadly dangerous for an old antique communist like this to be surging in the polls in a nation like ours. And to counter him, the Democrat establishment, terrified of the communist, has drug up a Jewish billionaire now to fight the Jewish communist, which is really ironically interesting to me. It's, it's phenomenally interesting to me that the establishment Democrat billionaires have drug up a Jewish billionaire, Bloomberg, to fight the hateful Jewish communist named Sanders. But in fact, Bloomberg, it's very hard to determine what he actually is. We know he's a nanny state guy. We know that he tried to ban soda because he decided 16-ounce sodas are no good for you. His daughter probably told him that while she was jumping at an equestrian show that you shouldn't have soda. Let them drink, you know, let them drink champagne, not soda. And such is the question that we're going to face now because it looks to me like one of these two characters is going to win the nomination. And I'm going to ask you another question, which is, which one of them, if either of them, could be Trump, if at all possible for you to even perceive as such a thing? Because I perceive it's possible. Why do I say it's possible? In the case of Bernie, I would say it's impossible for him to be Trump. Impossible. Uh, because people can see right through him. They know he's a communist, not a socialist. They know he's full of hatred. His sound from the past is so condemning and frightening that only a uh, self-described suicidal maniac would vote for him if they were white. And this type of Jewish communist called Bernie Sanders is a well-known atheist who hates their own people and hates their own religion and spit on their own Bible and mocks the men in black who represent their people. I mean, they follow the edict of uh, Karl Marx when he said religion is the opiate of the masses. Now, all of a sudden, Bernie says he's proud to be Jewish. Now, all of a sudden, Bernie attacks white men, thinking that's going to launch him into the presidency. Does he not understand that white people still are the majority in this nation? What world is he living in that he thinks that white people would vote for someone who attacks white people? Unless there are so many suicidal white people that a man like him could actually win, but I'm not in that world. 
And so here we are. It's a great question. And for your interest today, uh, I want to read you something. And I'm going to ask you whether you agree with any of these comments that I'm about to read to you, because they make a lot of sense to me. I am going to apply the name Sanders or Bloomberg to the revision of an author's note to my book, Trickle Up Poverty, Stopping Bloomberg's Attack on Our Borders, Economy, and Security. Stopping Sanders' Attack on Our Borders, Economy, and Security. The name was actually Obama's Attack on Our Borders, Economy, and Security. When I published this book in 2010, was it? It was a big bestseller, Trickle Up Poverty, Stopping Obama's Attack on Our Borders, Economy, and Security. But if you put a post-it over the word Obama and substitute Sanders or Bloomberg, tell me if the following would apply. And I'll start right here. President Bloomberg is like a destructive child who takes apart a priceless watch that was carefully passed down to him. Without regard for the value of what he holds, he recklessly scatters the pieces on the floor and then can't put them back together again. Failing to learn from his mistakes, this destructive child moves on to another room where he finds another watch to take apart. Once again, he cannot put the pieces back together. That doesn't stop him from tearing apart yet another costly timepiece until all that's left are the pieces of discarded, functionless watches lying at his feet. What's worse is that nobody steps in to stop Bloomberg before he destroys again. I've been watching in stunned amazement as Sanders, the destroyer, systematically takes apart America piece by piece while the complicit fifth column government media complex and the lapdoor political leaders remain silent. Bernie Sanders is tearing down everything that was built before this man was even born. Look no further than the fundamental requirement to preserve America's borders and national security. And I can go on. In um, the darkness of May 19th, 2010, Obama the destroyer made this astonishing statement to the president of Mexico. And I quote now, quote, in the 21st century, we are defined not by our borders, but by our bonds. And now we go back to a soundbite that I must play for you, uh, which I haven't played for you yet, in clip 02. And you'll see that Bloomberg and Obama are one and the same. Listen to clip two, please. The world is more complex than ever before. It is more dangerous than ever before because of technology and weapons and that sort of thing and free travel and that sort of thing. But the solution to our problems is more open borders, not closed borders. The solution to our problem is to improve education, not to try to penalize people. Okay, so he's an open borders uh, guy, Bloomberg. He would be another Obama, a direct descendant of Obama, who was a direct descendant of those who came before him. They will not uphold our laws. They will not uphold our borders. They will not defend our borders against all enemies, both domestic and foreign. And without clearly defined borders, anyone can waltz right into America, including those who would kill us while we sleep. Without borders, there's no country. Wouldn't such a statement amount to an act of treason? And what's more, what would stop Bloomberg or Sanders from using various executive actions to unilaterally grant mass amnesty to millions of illegal aliens if they can't get the Senate to pass a mass amnesty measure? But Bloomberg and Sanders, the destroyers, aren't satisfied. There's so much more to demolish and so little time to do it. My friends, we're living on the precipice of a cataclysm unlike ever seen in American political history. There are many, many reasons for this, just as Trump was a reaction to Obama, as Obama had been a reaction to Iraq and Bush. There's just liable to be a cataclysmic reaction to Trump. Whether you like it or not, you are not in the majority. It's a 50-50 shot, and no one knows how the dice are going to roll. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. If you're obsessed with cryo-free CBD, the pain relief roll-on, that has been insanely popular on my show for instantly relieving joint pain, then you're going to want to listen to this. Omax has given me an exclusive on their worldwide launch of their new CryoFreeze CBD Advanced Joint Defense. And this product is going to knock your socks off. CryoFreeze Advanced Joint Defense is a one-a-day supplement containing hemp-derived CBD 
and a clinically proven ingredient called NEM that relieves joint discomfort and soreness in seven days or less. If you want to stay super active, it's a must for muscle recovery while improving flexibility and long-term joint health. Now, the best part is this. This CBD-powered supplement contains absolutely no THC. Well, this product contains the good stuff, CBD, not THC. And our friends at Omax make sure that it's third-party tested so you get 100% premium quality that you can trust. No THC. Omax is offering my listeners a limited-time offer of 20% off their introductory pricing on Omax cryo-free supplements and free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide through the end of the month. Please just go to omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE, to take advantage of this incredible savings. That is omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE. If you're looking to relieve your muscle and joint discomfort within seven days or less and are looking for a natural yet powerful solution that is tested and works, try Omax CryoFreeze Advanced Joint Defense. This science-backed CBD-based formula is a breakthrough in joint health and a must for anyone dealing with annoying stiffness and joint pain. It works. And no THC. Remember, go to OmaxHealth.com today, code SAVAGE, to take advantage of this incredible savings I'm offering you. That is OmaxHealth.com, code SAVAGE, to get 20% off Omax CryoFreeze. Don't let muscle soreness continue to be an excuse for living an active lifestyle. Please go to omaxhealth.com and feel your relief faster. So I, um, you know, people are saying, why are you making the issue of Bernie being Jewish? Because he is. Now, why are you making the issue of uh, Bloomberg being Jewish? Because he is. And for many years, the idea of a Jewish president was unthinkable, just as the idea of a black president had been unthinkable. But America is a different place than it was years ago. And uh, the religion issue is not the issue. It's the politics that is the issue. So Bloomberg, although he is a billionaire, is a new world order, a world government, who type who wants to control your life from cradle to grave. He would raise your taxes, seize your guns, not let you drink soda, kill the economy to make sure bankers are the only ones who thrive, and then kill all industry with Green New Deal. He would open our borders to the drug hordes. He would turn every city into a, uh, uh, a feces-ridden crap hole like San Francisco by making them all sanctuary cities. That's Bloomberg. I don't know how in the world he could win, but he's a Rothschild-backed Soros type who is a globalist, who believes that global warming is worse than terrorism. The other, the other one is a Trotskyite, as I explained on my show about socialism, communism. I explained what Trotskyites were, Trotsky, who Trotsky was yesterday. If either of these win, it would be so bad for Jews, it would be worse for America. And most Jews know this. It's shocking to me that two left-wing anti-American types like this are running on the Democrat ticket, and that's the best they can do. Now, if you disagree with me, I'm willing to take your calls. We can discuss it. Is America ready for a left-wing Jewish billionaire or a hateful Jewish communist? You say, well, why are you making Jewish the issue? Can't you just be, can't you go shah, shah, and still in the hate? Shah, shah, don't mention, oh, shah, still in hate, don't say anything. Well, Bernie wasn't Jewish for all of his political career. He denied he was Jewish. He said he was born Jewish, but he didn't relate to any religion. Now, all of a sudden, he hires a Jewish outreach director who says he's very Jewish and he's very proud of his Jewishness. What, they do a poll that found that would work? The only reason that would work is now he could wear it as a, as a shield and a weapon to stop people from saying anything against him, say, anti-Semite! In other words, if you say anything against burning now, you're going to be called a Jew hater or an anti-Semite or a racist or a white nationalist. That's the only reason all of a sudden he's embraced his Judaism. He's liable to appear in a talus with tefillin on the stage tomorrow. He'll grow his beard out. He'll appear with a beard, uh, talus and tefillin and start praying on stage. 
This guy is a con man of the worst type. He represents the worst of the Jewish people. And he is not a Jew by any definition. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. My father's family was wiped out by Hitler in the Holocaust. I so know to do about what crazy and radical and extremist Again, politics using mean. the Holocaust I learned as that a weapon is a tiny, tiny child. Okay, I, I can't listen to this without getting very angry, and I'm not going to get angry. I refuse to get angry. I'm my own doctor, and under my own doctor's orders, I'm not going to let this piece of garbage denigrate the Jewish people and attack white people and attack Trump and get angry. I could do it, but I'm not going to do it for effect. He is not only a danger to him, to the Jewish people, he's a danger to America and Jews around the world. Why does he talk about his people being wiped out by Hitler as though it has anything to do with Trump? What the hell does it have to do with Trump? Do I have to remind everyone listening to the show that were it not for white men in World War II, Hitler would have won? Moreover, was it not for the Russians, who, as I last checked, were Caucasian men, who were the first to enter, uh, I believe it was Auschwitz? They were the ones who kicked in the doors of the concentration camp, the Russians, all white men. And it was Eddie who uh, died in the sands of Iwo Jima. It was Eddie who died on the beaches of Normandy and fought their way all the way into Germany, who destroyed Superman and destroyed Hitler and freed the Jews from the Nazis, and yet we have to live, what, 70, 80 years later, seeing the big lie that white men are evil, that all white men are Nazis, that all of the crosses on every grave and every war memorial 
Every Jew, every cemetery that has all these crosses, these thousands and thousands and thousands of white men. You have to now look at the cross and hate it because of Bernie Sanders and the socialist communists around them like occasional cortex. By their definition, every soldier under a cross is a white nationalist. Do you know that? Do you understand what they're saying? Can you believe this? You know, any liberal who votes for them doesn't understand that they're mentally ill. It's not my problem. And I never thought I'd live to see the day that a naked Jewish communist like Bernie Sanders could get up there and get away with what he's getting away with. Bloomberg, I could see him conning his way into the presidency. And by the way, if you ask me today, could either of them be Trump? The answer is, in my opinion, yes, Bloomberg could be Trump on a number of levels. But Bernie is not going to win. Even if he gets the Democrat nomination, I'll go back to my podcast of last week. The uh, billionaires who run the Democrat Party will not let him cross the finish line. I'm not going to say the book depository. I'm not going to bring up the Amenlecha Carbine. I'm not talking about that. They're not letting him cross the finish line. Obama is now a billionaire. He doesn't want to be taxed off the, off the planet. All of the billionaires who run the Democrat Party, Pelosi, Feinstein, you name them, do you think they're crazy? They may be liars and phonies and thieves, in my opinion. And the worst that humanity has to offer, but they're not crazy. They're not self-destructive enough to elect a communist who would take away what they've earned and take away their inheritance. They will stop them no matter how it, how, no matter what, how it plays out, one way or the other. You know, you think of spy movies, umbrellas in the back, whatever. Okay? He's not winning. He's not crossing the finish line. He may win the uh, caucus here and the caucus there. They're not giving it to him. It will be a brokered convention. They're not going to let this communist win because he's a threat to their own income. You think the Hollywood billionaires want him to win? You're telling me all these phony, thieving uh, molesters in Hollywood, they want Bernie to take away what they have? Are you joking? I don't care what they say publicly. They don't want their bank accounts touched. They're not going to let him win. He's not the threat. He's a threat to the Jewish people more than anything, because he's stirring up the worst anti-Semitism I've seen in my life. The hatred that Bernie Sanders is dredging up from the muck of humanity terrifies me to say that all white people are racist and white nationalism this and white racist that and Trump is a bigot this and Trump is a bigot that is disgusting. Trump's grandchildren are Jewish. Trump's daughter converted to Judaism to live with her husband the great Jared Kushner, who's an Orthodox Jew, whose grandfather was an underground freedom fighter in, uh, I think, Poland. You never hear anything about it. He doesn't wear it on his sleeve. I think I can disclose that. It's a very proud moment. Jared Kushner's grandfather and grandmother fled into the woods of Poland, I believe, and became guerrilla fighters against the Nazis. That's who's in the White House. Not this shyster from the gutters of Brooklyn. As now speaking for the Jewish people, he represents the worst of the Jewish people. The worst. And I say, why am I emphasizing Jewish? Because he is. He hires a Jewish outreach director. He makes it his biggest issue. Why? Why does a communist like him, who I know in his heart of hearts, because he said it for his entire political career until about a year ago, that he's not Jewish, he was born Jewish, but he doesn't relate to his own religion. This is the type that read Karl Marx, uh, who said that religion is the opiate of the masses. I know this type. I know this type of communist. They laugh at religious people. Need I say Christians who go to church are mocked by them? They mock their own people. They laugh at the men in black. They laugh at the religious services. Now all of a sudden, he embraces his religion, the religion of his ancestors, only one reason, because he could use it as a weapon, a political weapon. It's a very cynical move and a very dangerous one, and it denigrates the religion itself. It also alienates so many people from the Jewish people, it's frightening. Can he just shut his mouth and leave his, his, uh, his connections to his, not, not, not only his own religion out of this? Can he stop it? No, he can't stop it. But I'm asking you again, as I've asked today, which one of them could win? Are they ready? Is America ready for it? 
Joe in New York on line four. Thanks for calling, Joe. What's your opinion? Yeah, hi, Uncle Mike. I'm a Jewish guy, young guy living in New York. And let me tell you, the real Jews out there, you know, the ones that give a damn about the religion, they don't want a Jewish guy near the presidency, let alone a faker like Bernie Sanders, who's the worst kind of stereotype Jew, who calls unprecedented anti-Semitism. And believe me, where I live, I'm talking for everyone here. They don't want that guy near the president. Are you, are you an orthodox person? Are you like a Lubavitch? I'm, I'm orthodox, yeah. So, you now look, the ultra-religious know he's a faker, right? They know he's a communist. Oh, they could see right through those guys. The guys that use the religion just for the money and, you know, he's a type to cause anti-Semitism like you've seen in the, in the early 19th century. I should say that 20th century. Oh, God, it's true. I know it. I can feel it in my bones. I could feel it in my bones. It's such a disgrace to embrace a religion that he rejected for so many years just for cynical political reasons, isn't it? I mean, he's a type to stab, you know, backstab his own people after he takes the presidency. And we're, we know that and we're afraid of that. Believe me. Hmm. Well, okay. Thank you for um, joining the conversation. 855-400-7282. Jane in California, thanks for holding so long. What's on your mind, Jane? Michael, I wish I could. I'm going to take a cue from you and try not to get angry. But You'll have to speak up, Jane. I can't. I'm sorry. It's not coming through on the phone. The audacity to call uh, socialism a Jewish value is so offensive to me. I think he should be sued for defamation of the Jewish people. He's, I'm calling him Bernie Sanders now because that, we do not hold such gross disrespect for individual human life. And, of course, that's not a Jewish value. I, I know there are other Jews like me that have circled the parking lots of their temples on Friday nights trying to navigate through a sea of Obama bumper stickers, force ourselves to go in there bracing for an assault of a social justice lecture from the Bema. Oh, you mean in the temples, of course. I know exactly what you're talking about. You go in there for the tradition and the ancient sounds, the ancient words, the ancient prayers, whether it be the morning prayer uh, the afternoon prayer or the evening prayer or the high holy days, and you pray to God that you're not going to be lectured to about communism or socialism or lesbian rights or gay rights or Im- immigrant rights, but they they work it in now, don't they, virtually on, on every Saturday morning. Exactly, and it's terrible. And he is as much of a, of a Jew as Warren is as an American Indian. I mean, I don't know whether to call him Bernie Slanders or Bernie <laughs> because he's a... That's it. Well, but the difference is, is that he is ethnically inherited. He has ethnically inherited his, his uh, Jewish genes. So he can claim to be ethnically Jewish. But here's the thing. He rejected his Jewishness for his entire political life until, until quite recently, Jane. Of course. Now he's just pretending... Because it will enrich him. It's, it's, it's just- how, do you, how do you take it in the synagogues when you go in and you get this, this mind-beating from the left? Michael, to be honest with you, I, I don't, because I would, I literally would drive around the parking lot, and I would just see all these Obama stickers, and I thought it was like a force field around my temple. I couldn't get in there. Well, Jane, I'm going to tell you something, because it sounds to me like you're, you're and this is off the record, I mean, sort of off the topic, really. I would recommend that you go to a, a temple this Saturday, and you pick up the prayer book, and you listen to the prayers, and you read the prayers. Do you read Hebrew, or do you read English, or, or not? Which which do you read, English? No, I don't read Hebrew. I don't. All right, so read the English translation. There's in every in every temple now. There's an English and a, and a, and a um, Hebrew by you know beside by side. So while you're hearing the ancient Hebrew prayers, which is part of your DNA. It's going to heal some part of you. It's going to speak to some part of your DNA. And you got to tune out the lectures that come with it from the, from the know-nothings, the, the left-wing rabbis and the others. you got to tune that out. They have no right to do that in a, in, a, in a religious institution, by the way. They should lose their 501c3 for beating up people about politics inside a church or a temple. But uh, I have no control over that. Yes, the temples and churches are awash with liberalism and socialism. But underneath it all, there is the faith itself, which is deep, meaningful, and it's in your DNA, Jane, and you, you need it. You absolutely need it. It's like your soul is screaming to be fed that drop of water. And uh, if you go in and you listen to the chants and tune out the rest of it, you'll come out a different person. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. 
You know, some products come along in podcasts and radio that you really love. Paint Your Life is one of them. I'm an amateur painter, but Paint Your Life is amazing. And when I heard that at PaintYourLife.com, you could have an original painting by a world-class artist done by hand from your photograph. I thought, wow, what a great idea. It must be so expensive because it's a live artist. But the truth is at PaintYourLife.com, you can have an original painting by a world-class artist done by hand from any photo at an affordable price. Listen to me. I love this product. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try PaintYourLife.com. Do you have an original painting of yourself, your children, your family, a special place, a cherished pet here or in the next world? It's all at a price you can afford from PaintYourLife.com. This is a true painting. They're done by hand by a world-class artist created from a favorite photo. I had one done of Teddy and me. I took the original photo from my book, Teddy and Me. I sent it to them, and it came back as an oil painting. And really true to form, like the picture itself, like the photo. It's the perfect gift for birthday, anniversaries, or Valentine's Day. Not only that, you choose the artist whose work you most admire from a list of many of them. And you work with the artist throughout the process until every detail, you know, suits your demands. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded. It's great for decor because it's a work of art. With Paint Your Life, you get your favorite memories transformed into a work of art that will be cherished forever. It's a special gift for someone you love as well, or even for yourself. Now, here's the killer. Right now, as a limited time offer, get 30% off your painting. You heard me. 30% off any picture you send turned into an oil painting and free shipping. To get the special offer, text the word SAVAGE to 64000. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 64000. S-A-V-A-G-E to 64000. SAVAGE to 64000. I promise you, you will love Paint Your Life. You will love what they do. Text SAVAGE to 64000. Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 64000. You will thank me. Well, we return now to the issues of the day. Uh, the hateful Jewish communist Bernie Sanders stirring up anti-Semitism around the world, in my opinion, and lies about white people as part of his campaign platform are, are frightening and sickening. Mike in Chicago disagrees. Mike, go ahead. Please make your point. I disagree with you on, on the point that Bernie is stirring up racial issues towards Jewish people. As I mean, it doesn't take Jack Hatfield to get to the bottom of the conspiracy that Bernie Sanders is trying to pull over the eyes of the gay community and the white community with his pants. Wait, wait, I'm saying I didn't hear you. Pulling the eyes? Pulling the wool. Pulling the wool over the eyes, I'm sorry, of the gay and black community. Now, what do you mean by pulling the wool over their eyes, Mike? Please explain. Okay. All right, I will. Um, Bernie Sanders uh, is a huge advocate of uh, black people getting uh, some form of reparations. He's a huge advocate of uh, promoting um, the LGBT uh, movement here, especially here in Chicago, where we have. So, a so I don't understand what your point is. I'm saying that he's going to stir up anti-Semitism. Exactly, and I think you're wrong. From who? From who who's going who's to be against Jewish people? Well, I'll explain it to you. If every other speech, in every other speech, he attacks, quote, white nationalism. Okay. Who do you think he's attacking? Uh, he's, he's pandering. It's nothing but pandering. It's the same, it's the no, if he said that there's a danger of racism on all sides and amongst all races and talks about the black violence against Jews, for example, in the streets of Brooklyn... That would be one thing. When does he last mention that? You did, you did a whole show about that, Michael. And then a guy no, no, listen, I know you're a reasonable man, and I know you don't agree with me politically by what you're saying, which I love, that we can talk together without hating each other. But to say that white nationalism is the gravest threat on the planet by smearing all the white people, don't you think that's going to stir up hatred? No. Now, there's always going to be hatred and division in America, which is, I mean, it's, it's one of the problems. All right, you make a good point. But then why make it worse, which is what he's doing? There is not a speech he has given that he has not vilified white people. I'm sorry I disagree with you, but I certainly appreciate 
the intelligence of your call. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. We knew the most difficult when they did all the all the all the all the cross the cross tab stuff. One of the four most difficult states for me to win was going to be in Iowa. Because and they're good people. It's all white. It's all Midwestern. It's a lot of it farming, and uh, it's uh, and, and it was going to be. It was gonna, but it, we did okay. If you take He's a look, gone. He's a non-entity. Biden's finished. Even though Iowa was it was a disaster and a joke for the Dems, uh, Biden came and um, you know finished. Gone. No one's backing him, and he's blaming all white voters for his loss in Iowa. What's interesting to me is that the Democrat Party has made a a decision to attack white people and to embrace all Hispanics and blacks as good people and all whites as bad. And somehow they think this is going to get them into the White House. I do not see how simplistic, sophomoric racism of that kind is going to launch anyone's presidential campaign. But then again, I would never vote for them. Now, I was raised in a Democrat family. I have to repeat that again so you don't get confused as to who I am. I have to tell it to you again. Both of my parents were immigrants. Both of them came here poor. And although when my father passed away, he was not a wealthy man by any stretch of the imagination. One car, one little house, an attached house he bought with a a VA loan in 1952. My mother worked. My mother didn't work. She stayed at home, stay at home mom. We were not by any means more than lower middle class people. But I never felt that until I went to college and found out we were. I had no idea what our social status was because we lived around people at the same level as us. The houses were clean. It was low crime. Uh, And so, you know, it was the world I grew up in. But these are not Democrats by any definition. You cannot define these candidates as Democrats. You could define them as communists, socialists, go up and down the scale from the the hardcore communists like Bernie Sanders to the weaker communists uh, like the others are, the socialists, or they want to call it. They're not Democrats by any definition. And I don't think my parents would have ever voted for a racist like this. Now, along comes a, a hateful Jewish communist like Bernie Sanders, and he's rising in the polls, rising and rising, rising like a helium balloon. So we think. But who is he appearing before? Is he appearing before America at large? Or is he appearing before a certain segment of the population that, uh, let's say, espouses the same lack of values that he espouses? And then along comes the counterpoint to the hateful Jewish communist. The establishment Democrats are terrified, so they get the Jewish billionaire to come along and spend any amount of money necessary to stop the communists. And then the rumor comes out the other day on the Drudge Report that Hillary's going to run with him. Who knows if it's true or false, it could happen. And would that be a slam dunk against Trump? Uh, It's anyone's guess right now. It's a 50-50 guess, and no one knows how the dice is going to roll. We do know that the invisible Marxists in the Democrat Party are not so invisible anymore. They're quite visible. Bernie Sanders is a visible, clear-cut Marxist, and America is not ready for an antique Marxist. I do not believe so. Now let's get to President Trump. Should President Trump have stayed out of the Roger Stone case until after the election? Um, Many of you answered, no, he should have done it because Stone is a friend of his. Stone had the book thrown at him for no reason. You're right about that. But my question was different. 
I said, for the sake of winning, should President T have stayed out of the Roger Stone case until after the election? That would, would My advice would have been that. Someone in the media asked me that a week ago, and I said he should not touch Roger Stone's case until after he wins re-election. Instead, he had to turn that stone over. Sorry to use the phrase twice. He had to turn the stone over and release the centipedes of the left on him. Why does Trump have to do that? Does he win by doing that? Well, his base likes it because he's an in-your-face kind of guy. But he's a president. He's not just a guy. And he's got to win a larger share of the, of the population than his own base. There's an awful lot of people who are sitting on the sidelines who don't know which way to turn. Can't, couldn't he have leave, left it alone? I think he should have. The other day I tweeted this. Bringing coronavirus patients to the U.S. for treatment is criminally negligent. It's a reverse of the rules of epidemiology. The heads of the CDC and NIH should be arrested for spreading the disease into the U.S. President Trump must act to replace these political clowns. Do you know that Anthony Fauci has been there since the 1980s? He was planted as a political plant during the AIDS epidemic. Do you have any idea how long he has been there? You know, you hear about term limits. Why is Fauci still at the NIH? He's been there since the early 80s. And who's running the CDC? They don't bring, shouldn't bring patients in here for treatment. Right here in California, we have them up at the Travis Air Force Base. Do you understand what's going to happen? The nurses, the doctors, the orderlies, the food delivery services, the people who clean the dishes are going to contract the virus and bring it outside Travis into the outside community. Whoever made the decision to bring the coronavirus patients into Travis and the other places in America should be arrested for criminal negligence. But then I'm not running the CDC. They're not listening to me. I'm only a talk show host with good training in the history of epidemiology and good common sense. Since when does science and common sense make sense in politics? Since never. Since never. Those are some of the topics that we're going to discuss today on the Savage Nation. Let's take the callers. Eileen in Albany, New York. I hope it's Albany, New York. Is it Albany, New York or Albany, California? No, it's uh, New York. Actually, it's a town outside of Albany. It's called Cobleskill. It's a farming community. Oh, it's beautiful. You have the old uh, stone walls, and you have the old wind, the wind there. Area. You have the beautiful uh, water-driven mills still up there. Yes, and we have beautiful farms, and I think Michael Bloomberg should take a trip up here and see how easy it is to plant corn. Ah, oh, he said it's he said dummies. He said it. He said only dummies can farm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think right. he needs a good lesson in farming. Yeah, it would it would be nice to see Bernie or him actually trying to plant a seed and see it uh, even sprout. I know. Shouldn't we see Bernie at a kibbutz? He tried the kibbutz and they threw him out of Israel. He wouldn't even lift a finger to help them. Probably he, he went to Israel because it was a socialist haven. He thought, but little did that. That deadbeat bum pothead know that he'd have to work on the kibbutz. He missed the point that... See, he thought the word... Here's the problem with Bernie. Bernie went to a kibbutz in Israel, but he thought the word was kibbutz. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't know it was a word called work, not talk. That's the difference between Bernie and those on the kibbutz. Thank you for the call. No, it's true. It's hard to do farming. Just try to sprout a seed. See how easy it is. 855-407-282. Any topic is fair game. So either of these guys are dangerous for America. Bloomberg, because he wants no borders. Without borders, there's no country. It's treasonous to say that we don't need borders. If you haven't heard the soundbite, here is uh, uh, Bloomberg in clip two. Listen to it again. Clip two, please. The world is more complex than ever before. It is more dangerous than ever before because of technology and weapons and that sort of thing and free travel and that sort of thing. But the solution to our problems is more open borders, not closed borders. Okay, the solution let's stop to our right problem. Here. You know, I'm a fan of television. I watch a show on Netflix called uh, uh, um, Narcos Mexico. Season two opened the other night. Many of you watch it. The entire show is about smuggling cocaine over the border into America, over the border into America. So what the open border crowd is saying, bring in more, more cocaine, 
because we'll just erase the borders, get rid of the DEA, get rid of the Border Patrol, and just bring in as many tons of the drugs as you want. Do you not see this? Do you understand what they're actually saying? Do you actually believe you will be safer if you bring Sicarios who are hitmen into America over the border without borders? Are you people nuts? Do you understand what would happen to the nation without borders? Or am I the last person in the United States of America? I can't be. I know I'm not. Who understands what borders, language, and culture means? The Mexican people are proud, proud people oppressed through the years by colonial powers beaten into a pulp by colonial powers, but nevertheless a very proud race of people, the Mexican people, amongst the proudest on the planet. Great dignity, and they live for their honor. No matter how poor a Mexican man may be, he knows he, without his honor and without his word, he's nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do you understand that a man in Mexico knows that without his word and without his honor, he is nothing? He's less than a piece of dried corn kernel on the floor. The Mexican people are a proud people and actually a great people. And they've been ravaged by colonialism. They've been ravaged by the drug wars. They have no idea which way to turn. No matter who they elect, they get screwed. And the only thing preventing that from happening here are our borders and our pride in our language and our culture. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It is the uh, Savage Nation. We're living in very, very strange times. In these, and these are the times that, that really, uh, how shall I say, a challenge a man's soul. Because I never thought in my lifetime that I would see a naked communist openly and nakedly espouse Trotskyism and try to pass it off as mother's milk and have so many stupid people drink from the udder of deceit. That's nice. That's well phrased. I like that. That's very florid. So Bernie gives them the udders of deceit. And like the little children that they are, they drink from the udders of deceit, not knowing that what he is espousing has been tried before and resulted in 100 million deaths. Do you realize that if the communists took power, they would round you up? Not the first day, not the second day, not the first month, not the second month. But you have to study what they do to those like us who would resist them at all costs. Remember now, we're armed to the teeth. That's the one differential. We are armed to the teeth. In every other country, you would say they weren't armed. Oh, yes, they were. I have posted posted pictures in the past of Phnom Penh, Cambodia, on my Twitter feed a year, a month ago, six months ago of what happened after Pol Pot, the little Marxist professor, took over Cambodia. And I know there's some Cambodian people listen to this show religiously. They ran from the killing fields. Their parents were killed, and these were kids who came over here. They know exactly what will happen if a Bernie Sanders wins. They know that the first thing they will come for is your guns. The second thing, or maybe the first thing they will come for, is your freedom of speech and of writing. Already we see it on Twitter, where I am shadow banned. Yes, I have almost 200,000 followers, whatever they call it. I, I should have 2 million, since I have about 20 million listeners to my radio show, which is much freer. I'm stuck at 199,000 because I never bought any. And they have people from Bangladesh, India, God knows where, little, little tiny people who sit there and follow my tweets and block them. They say it's objectionable content, or they outright ban it, or they shadow ban it. It's their website. They can do what they want. They don't like my politics. They can ban it and make believe they're not doing it. Next time I see President Trump, I'm going to put that on the top of my agenda. Speak to Jack Dorsey about what they're doing to me on Twitter. Today, I posted a question. Is America ready for a left-wing Jewish billionaire or a hateful Jewish communist? That could easily be misconstrued as a racist uh, question. Now, why am I raising the issue of their religion? Because they did, especially one of them. Bernie Sanders was never Jewish. He said it in the beginning. For many years as a politician, he he issued his Jewishness. He laughed about it. He said that although I was was born Jewish, I do not identify in any way with a religion. No, I do not. That's what he said for years. 
Now, suddenly he gets a Jewish outreach director who says Bernie's values are Jewish values, who says Jews understand white nationalism better than any people on earth. Again, he goes to ground and attacks white males. Now, that type of communist Jew, Bernie Sanders, that I knew in New York, were the type that spit on the Bible, their own Bible, let alone the Christian Bible. They would laugh at religious people, mock those in black, because they believed in Karl Marx's saying, religion is the opening of the masses. That's who, that's who he is. Did I ever think I would wake up to one day and see a man like this, a soapbox communist, get so far? Only in America. It's a free country. And apparently there's a lot of stupid people who do not know their history are condemned to, who are condemned to repeat it. Not only do they not know their history, they never read Santayana. The great Spanish philosopher will be remembered for that one line. Those who do not know history or their history are condemned to repeat it. So all of these slavish worshipers of the communist Jew, Bernie Sanders, are condemned to repeat their history. Screaming and yelling for that which has been tried as though it's brand new. As though he, he invented it. No, he didn't invent it. Well, there are other topics to talk about. The Roger Stone case, uh, the coronavirus bringing coronavirus patients in to treat them in America is criminally negligent. Anyone who makes that decision for Americans is not only a, not a good doctor or scientist, they're, they're committing a crime. But then again, I have no power. I'm only an opinion maker. That's what I am. Do you know that after 26 years, in March, whatever it is, I'll be 26 years on the radio if I make it to that point. My dog, Teddy, by the way, many of you ask about him. It's funny, I'm going to throw it in now. Uh, we got the AKC papers again. We dusted him off because he's very tired and very old and he's blind. It's sad to watch him go up and down the steps because he follows the pack of the other three. And uh, we almost lost him last winter. It looks like he's going to get through this winter. March 5th, he will be 16. And I will do a live show with him on probably Periscope, on Twitter of all places. Because it's very easy access to the audience. And many of you like my, my Periscopes. I'll have Teddy on. I'm going to get him a party hat. He doesn't eat cake. He loves, he loves the wheat and white bread. I take the crust off. To him, it's like candy, the white bread. I know it's not good for him, and he likes it. That's his bread. That's his cake. That's his candy. That's my Teddy. 16, Sweet 16 this March 5th. I hope you watch it. Michael Savage, a host like no other. I want to tell you about something from uh, about the Vikings. It's an interesting story. It came out in the Daily Mail. Vikings were fueled by a hallucinogenic herbal tea that made them feel less pain and become highly aggressive, say, scientists known as ethnobotanists. It's interesting to me as someone trained in ethnobotany because the Viking warriors were known as berserkers and they went into battle naked in animalistic frenzy. They were known for their vicious rampages in the Middle Ages. And scientists now believe that the secret to their fearlessness was mind-bending hallucinogens, possibly the stinking henbane plant infused with tea or alcohol to make them feel less pain, which they then rubbed on their body. What's also interesting to me is that the Nazis were meth heads. If you've seen History Channel recently and over and over again, Hitler was a well-known drug addict, a well-known meth head, and many of Hitler's military blunders were made when he was high on drugs, uh, goring the fat slob who in World War I had been an air ace and a hero became a fat, grotesque, cross-dressing morphine addict. And again, he made his mistakes while high on drugs. So much for the Nazis. But the issue of using drugs in battle is now traced back to the Vikings uh, in use of these uh, herbs like henbane, which they could have infused into alcohol or made an ointment of the plant and animal fat rubbed on their skin, which would have reduced their sensation of pain and made them wild, unpredictable, and highly aggressive. But they also became dissociative, losing touch with reality, which would have allowed them to kill without any morality whatsoever, kill indiscriminately without moral qualms. It's not limited to the Vikings or to the Nazis. There are many other uh, races today on the planet who kill without any uh, qualms whatsoever. Just look south of the border and take a look at the hundreds of thousands of Mexicans who have been slaughtered uh, by the drug cartels. It's terrifying when you look at what man is capable of, man's inhumanity to man. And it only explains, again, why anyone who calls for open borders is a criminal who should be arrested on site for violating every tenet of sanity, civility, and the U.S. Constitution. That would include 
both the billionaire and the communist on the Democrat ticket. The Westwood One Podcast Network.